You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. What is up? Welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. I am so grateful you guys are here. I'm so excited to jump in and talk about Santosha today. This one of the yamas and niyamas of yoga. It's so fun to get to do this. I love you guys. Everyone who comes to my yoga classes has known this about me. Like the, the reason I love yoga is this. I love talking about this. I love talking about philosophy. I love talking about why humans do what we do and how we can do it in a way that better serves us and moves us towards progression. And so the yamas and niyamas have just been so fun to talk with you guys about. And I'm so glad that you guys are loving it. I've gotten so many messages from people just telling me like, I love this. Thank you. This is really interesting information. So I'm glad you guys love it as much as I do. And I'm super excited to jump into Santosha today. Santosha is a niyama of yoga, and it translates from Sanskrit to English to mean to gather fulfillment or to to have. I want you to think of this as like the law of abundance, this one. This one is being in the energy of having. So the opposite of practicing Santosha would be lack mentality or fear mentality, okay? So like whenever your brain goes into there's not enough or I'm not enough or I should be better or this should be different or I should be somewhere else than where I'm at, that would be the opposite of practicing Santosha. Whenever you're deeply present with where you're at, whenever you're experiencing gratitude, whenever you're experiencing abundance, then you are in that state of Santosha. I like to think of Santosha, though, it's a little bit different than just like a feeling of abundance or like a feeling of gratitude. It's actually a state of being. So people who practice Santosha, the, the waves that come crashing in from life they don't really affect that being. They don't affect that presence. They don't affect that abundant mindset. People who really practice Santosha are really steady and centered and grounded in the practice of abundance. And so today, like this is more than just like a fleeting feeling. One, this is this is a state of being and it's going to change your life if we can learn to practice this. Now, I'm going to be really straight up with you guys. This one is hard for me. This one is hard for everyone I know, actually, but this one's, this one's hard for me. And I love how God and the universe, just that energy of that presence of God works because it's so interesting whenever I pick a podcast topic for the next, you know, 10 weeks, I knew what I was going to be working on this for this week. And it's like the universe is like, okay, let's practice what you preach. And it gives me lots of ideas of what to teach you guys because I get to go through my own experiences. So this is something I'm really actively working on in my life is being a person who is just like radiates the energy of contentment and radiates the energy of abundance and just radiates fullness. And so interestingly, yesterday I had a day that that I did. I felt like I was radiating that energy. I was experiencing that. Let me tell you what yesterday looked like for me. I woke up in the morning and I felt no rush. I just decided the night before that I wasn't going to be rushed in the morning, that I was going to take my time and I was going to really make my morning sacred. I was going to make my whole day feel very holy, very sacred, very special. And I really wanted to practice just like having this really beautiful day. So I wake up and I get up out of my bed and I open my door and my bedroom door walks straight out onto a big patio that looks out at a beautiful mountain deserty view. And so I walk out there, the sun is rising, and I do a meditation, I pray, I write in my journal, and I do a gratitude practice. 
And then I go get ready for the day. I do some yoga. I head into my kitchen. I make this healthy breakfast. I hang out with my kids. It's just like such a beautiful day. And there was a lot of things though that would have normally gotten in my way and it wouldn't have been so beautiful. But I had just really made this conscious decision that I was going to make that day very sacred and very, you know, full of contentment. And so it ended up being such a beautiful day. Like everything about yesterday was just, I I thoroughly enjoyed. And then fast forward to today. And today has been different. Today has been opposite. Nothing really in my environment has changed. In fact, I would even say my environment has gotten better because I'm I'm very affected by like cleanliness in my home. And yesterday my house was like a mess and I still was able to practice contentment. Today my house has been much cleaner, much more peaceful in way of like children and stuff, but I feel less content. So the moral of this story is one, outside circumstances do not determine your contentment. They do not determine your state of abundance. They do not determine what you feel in your body. And two is that when we are intentional, we have the power to actually create abundance in our life. And it's all going to be internally. Nothing around you outside of you has any power. All of that feeling of abundance, all of that feeling of having and being really deeply content and feeling so at ease and peaceful in your body is is something you create inside of you. It's not something that your outside external circumstances are going to create for you. And I feel really passionate that you guys know that because if not, we become very much victim of our circumstances and then we lose all of our power to create. We lose all of our power to have and then we end up creating the opposite of what we want. So if you guys want to practice abundance, if you want to have that type of feeling, that deep presence, that deep like sacred holy life, then we have to know that we are the creators of that and that it's an internal battle that you will that you will be working through and that externally nothing needs to change. So right now if you're like, well, I would love to be abundant, but like I don't have anything that I need or I would love to feel content, but like I we're in a place in our life where like we don't have what we want and we don't have what we need. That thought is killing you and that thought is going to destroy you because you you don't need anything outside of you to change to practice this yama or niyama. And that's why it is a niyama because it is a personal ethic that we live inside of us and is created inside of you. What I like to do when I am preparing for these podcasts is I kind of write like what holds everybody up from feeling content, right? Like what holds us up from doing this just naturally? And I wrote out five. Number one, the fear of missing out. Who here stands with me? FOMO is the worst. We hate it as human beings. We hate missing out. And a lot of us struggle with FOMO, right? So let's do an example that I sometimes deal with, okay? I homeschool. And so I chose to homeschool. I feel really good about my decision. But sometimes what happens is this little fear creeps in that I'm missing out or my kids are missing out. I'm missing out on quiet free time. My kids are missing out on X, Y, and Z that's happening at the school. And I get this fear. And then guess what happens? I don't end up fully living and experiencing the decision I chose. So not only do I miss out on what they are doing over in the schools, but I'm also missing out on the experience that I wanted to have. So FOMO is really, really tricky because when we start dealing with fear of missing out, 
not only are we like feeling stressed about missing one thing, it ends up making it so we miss the thing that we're in. It takes us right out of the present moment and we don't even get to fully experience the thing we chose. When I think of FOMO, I like to switch it to JOMO, (laughs) joy of missing out. I love the idea of essentialism, that the reality of this world is that we don't get to do it all, that there are pros and cons to everything. Part of living on a fallen earth is that there's opposition in all things. So everything that you choose is going to have a negative, you know, 50%. It's going to have its opposition. And if we choose to focus on that and feel fear over what we're missing, that's what we're going to, that's what we'll experience. But if we choose to recognize that all things have its opposite and that we get to choose to see the good and the thing that we're in and just be with it and experience it and feel gratitude for what we do have, that's how we create more of what we want. And then we don't miss out on what we're currently in. So number one, fear of missing out, just be onto your brain. When you're in that state of fear of missing out, you are not practicing Santosha. Number two, fear of being behind. This one is hard for so many of us. So this is what happens. We have this fear. We see other people, let's say on social media, we get on social media, we see people like they're in Hawaii and we're like, what the heck? I don't have enough money to go behind Hawaii. What's wrong with me? Why are my friends able to do stuff I'm not able to do? And then we're like, crap, I must be behind. And then we start to scramble to try to quote unquote catch up when really there is no like race. There is no there or here. Like I said earlier, like the biggest thing I could tell you about Santosha is that there is 50%. There is opposition in all things. So they might be there, but in other ways, they're dealing with different opposition. And that's just really important for you to let your brain really sink into. There is no behind, you guys. There's not levels. There's not cast. Like there's no way you are behind. There are certain people who have done things you haven't done yet. And there's certain people who have experienced things you haven't experienced. But same vice versa. You may be learning things in a different way. We just have to be so careful. Like that comparison is going to take you out of Santosha. It's going to take you out of that state of being of presence and peace. And it's going to take you out of the present moment. And when you're not in the present moment, you're going to be feeling blech. You're going to be feeling fear, lack. You're going to be feeling stressed. Okay, I've got another one for you guys. Fear of not being who you should be. This one's really interesting. And notice all of these are starting with fear. Fear is the opposite of faith, right? So when I talk about scarcity and abundance, when I'm talking about that, scarcity is a lack mindset and abundance is a faith mindset. So whenever we're in fear, we are not in abundance. I always think of it like this. You can't serve two masters for you'll love the one and despise the other. So if you're like, well, I'm, I'm abundant, but I just feel stressed about this because of this fear I have. No, you can't do both at the same time. We're either in a state of abundant or we're in a state of of lack. And so you have to be really careful like where you're putting your energy and do you want to put energy towards a lack or not having enough or do you want to put your energy towards enoughness, towards abundance? And I think the real training the animal within on this one is just learning to always turn to abundance, always turn to faith, always turn to belief because that's what is going to be created as you focus your energy there. There's the quote, where your intention goes, your energy flows. So put your intention towards what you want. Your energy will flow there and you will create that result. So what happens is we get this fear of not being who we think we should be and we start to panic. Well, interestingly enough, it ends up that we don't get to experience who we're supposed to be. 
It keeps us out of who we are meant to be. I had a question in my inbox one day about like this fear of missing their potential. They're like, I feel like I'm going to not reach my potential. And I thought to myself, dang it, like you're not even getting to experience. If that's your fear, you don't even get to experience like the process of getting to your potential and how enjoyable that is. So one of like the key, I think, things of Santosha, of this contentment, is enjoying the process of where you're going and not needing to be anywhere other than where you are, not thinking you should be somewhere else, not thinking that you should have blessings you haven't gotten quite yet. Another one is that we fear that we just don't have enough. Like we fear like physically, like there's not enough. This thought is so tricky because physically in this 3D world in front of us that our circuits and our brain can visually see right now, that might seem really true that there's quote unquote not enough. But it's my belief and it's something I will hold. Oh, it's like just one of my core beliefs that the earth is full. That there's always enough and that our intention and our energy will create more of what we need. And so we just have to be so careful. Anytime there's fear, you guys, anytime you're fearing that you're not enough, that your experience isn't enough, that you're not going to get where you're supposed to be, that you fear that there's not enough in the world for everybody, any type of fear or lack is going to keep you out of Santosha. And you guys, you want to be in Santosha because one, this energy creates the most amazing results for you. And number two, it is just so peaceful. It is the most peaceful place we can get. So let me rephrase this. All of these are fear, right? Like everything I just said that holds us up, fear, 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 fear. So what is the opposite of fear? Perfect love, right? Like the opposite of fear is love. So contentment to me is learning to love what is, to be present with what is, and to just fully ingest all that the present moment has to give us. So what does this even look like? I think the first thing it looks like is being aware that this world is fallen. So if we are avoiding pain or discomfort, we will not be practicing this niyama. We won't be practicing this niyama because we're, we're running from the present moment. And the present moment on earth sometimes involves discomfort. The present moment here on earth sometimes involves some pain. So if we're always avoiding pain, we never will be able to be comfortable in the present. We'll never be able to stay there because we're always going to feel like we're running. Another way that this comes up and how we look at this is not seeking pleasure so hard. So this one's interesting because it's interesting as humans, we just, we want pleasure and we want to avoid pain at all costs. But it puts us on this like roller coaster ride, right? Because we're like trying to reach towards pleasure. We're trying to stay away from pain. But the present moment comes in. Imagine the present moment like a, like a wave rolls in. The present moment rolls in and it, it offers both of those for us. And if we try to hold on to the pleasure when it comes, the wave goes away. So it, it rolls on back. We try to hold on so tight, we end up getting thrown into the ocean. We end up getting thrashed around in the ocean. Same with the pain. The pain's going to come in. If we just let it come, it's going to dissipate. So when we really practice this niyama, we practice allowing. We practice accepting. We practice letting go. 
And we practice just really being in the present moment. I love that analogy of the wave. I mean, it just comes over you. The present moment, it's just like a breath, right? We like breathe in the present moment and all that it has to offer. And there's going to be some disturbances. There's going to be some pain. There's going to be discomfort. And there's also going to be pleasure and goodness and happiness. And if we hold too tight to the happiness, it destroys us. And if we don't let the pain come in, if we don't let that wave come in, it destroys us. So really just accepting and honoring the present moment for what it is, it's going to bring so much peace and contentment into our lives. Another one is just not being a victim to that wave that comes over us. A lot of times what happens is that wave comes and you've been in the ocean. If you fight against the waves, you're donezo, right? The wave comes, but what if you roll with it? What if you allow it? What if you even love it? What if you, instead of fighting against it, you work with it? And you learn to even enjoy the roll of the wave, even enjoy like that push around in the ocean a little bit. I think that a lot of the biggest problem, actually, I'm going to say it like really boldly. I think the biggest problem in our world is that we have so many people who are who feel so victimized by their circumstances, including me. I do it too. We all do it. But we think that, you know, this happened to me, so I feel like this. This happened to me, so I'm going to do this. No, like this happened and I'm going to choose consciously what's for the highest good of all. I am not a victim to my circumstances. How do we actually practice not being a victim to our circumstances? Okay, this means that we have to consciously look into our thoughts and recognize that our thoughts are not facts and that every circumstance has two options of how you can look at it actually has a million options of how you can look at it but really there's two options it's either you can look at it from a lack mentality or you can look at it from a faith mentality you can look at it from abundance or you can look at it from scarcity you get to choose there's always two ways you can look at it there's two truths so let me give you an example circumstance it's windy outside it is actually windy here that's why i said that circumstance it's so loud if you can hear the wind i'm sorry it's windy here so circumstance it's windy outside okay thought my thought ooh, i hate the wind it makes my nervous system go crazy i freaking hate the wind feeling disturbed right action don't go outside be annoyed all day result hate the wind let's do this again circumstance it's windy outside another person oh the wind feels so good because when it's warm it just like feels so good on my skin i love this wind feeling happy Action, go outside, be in the sun. Result, loves the wind. The circumstance was the same. We choose our thoughts about circumstances. Both of those could be true. In fact, I laid outside today and I actually really enjoyed the wind. And I also sat in my house today and fought myself about the wind and how much I hate it. So both of those could be true. Which one are you going to choose to put your energy and intention towards? We are not victims to our circumstances. That's something if you're in my community, I'm going to spew that from the freaking rooftops. Practicing Santosha looks like being present. That's really the, the root of Santosha. It's being present and loving the present moment and being all here for the ups and downs of the present moment. What, though, gets us out of the present moment? This was the question I asked myself. Okay, so like I love being present. Why don't I stick with it? And I realized that for me, it's distraction. I get so distracted by like the rings and the dings of modern day world that we live in. I get distracted by my to-do list. I get distracted by what, what things should look like. I get distracted by how things should be in my head. 
by my rules and my manuals and my expectations for how the world should be and how I should be experiencing the world. I want to read you a little excerpt from a book that I love about the Yamas and Yamas. It says this, it says, much like emotional disturbances can easily hook us, the glitter and promises of the outside world also demand our attention. I especially noticed the stimulation of technology when I returned from a month sabbatical in the woods. I wrote the following as I watched myself slowly move from a place of contentment to the captivating buzz of stimulation. This is something that we have to be so careful of because that buzz, the the buzz of stimulation will take us out of the present moment and it's really tricky trap of getting people to not be content. This is what she says. Ringing, that's what it was. On sabbatical, I never heard any ringing. No ringing of the doorbell announcing someone wanted to see me. No ringing of the telephone creating a duet with the programmed ringing of my cell phone, often making a trio of sounds as my computer would chime in mail truck, announcing at least one new email has arrived, making a total of at least three people who were trying to contact me at the same time. Nor was there ringing from my alarm clock telling me it was time to start my day or get up from a nap. Now that I am home, I am witness to a cacophony of rings. Unlike the sounds of nature, where I would sit in pure delight, being drawn more and more inward in contemplation, these rings are impatient taskmasters, jolting me from my present state and demanding an immediate response. Notice me now. Answer me now. Attend to me now. Whatever I was peacefully doing is now forgotten. My attention has now shifted to the ring, and I notice that my responses range anywhere from total annoyance to the excitement of the unknown. Christmas package. Who's on the phone? Who just emailed me? Now what does someone else want from me? The stimulation and demands are constant, and I begin to wonder who is running the show here. If I'm not be careful, I become a yo-yo to my responses of the various ringing sounds, a willing slave to drop whatever I am doing to respond to the ring. I am being trained to need stimulation and let a ring call me from my contentment. I am becoming one of Pavlov's dogs. Oh, I loved that so much, so much that I never read to you guys in these podcasts, but I had to because I just felt like that was so powerful. What is distracting you from your present moment? Is it stimulation? For me, it is like I get I get like where I want to like do something. I want to like I love the the excitement of the unknown. Like when she said that with the stimulation, I was like, oh, I totally do that. I think this is a really good time in the podcast for you guys to be able to just look inward for a second and be like, how can I set better boundaries with things that take me out of the present moment? And also, when things take me out of the present moment, what can I do to get myself back into that quickly and also not let it disturb my inner peace? Another thing that I really believe is a core value when it comes to Santosha is the practice of gratitude. When we practice gratitude, it will immediately put us into a state of presence. It just does. It puts you right into the presence. It's one of my favorite quotes. The gratitude is a superpower emotion because it has the power to heal, has the power to bring you into a state of having. And when we're in that state of having and seeing and believing and faith and abundance, that's what we create more of. This is not woo-woo. This is truth. We create more of what we choose to see. You actually have In your brain, it's called your reticular activating system, and it's designed to take the stories you feed it and to find evidence for why they're true. What this looks like is like when, let's say you start looking for a new car and you're like, oh, I kind of like the the Toyota Sienna. 
And you're like, I never really see those. And then all of a sudden you start seeing them everywhere. That's your reticular activating system at work. It's making sure there's evidence for what you're thinking about, right? It's finding what you're thinking about. So if you're thinking about lack, you will find lack and it will be everywhere. And then you will end up creating lack because think about this for a minute. When you're in that state, when you're in the opposite of Santosha, when you're needing and wanting and trying, how does that feel? It feels terrible, right? It feels like not enough. You feel terrible. And then what do you do? You definitely don't go put value in the world. You definitely don't go and like add to the world. And you don't get that karma that comes back from that. And so we end up creating our reality and it's such a bummer. So we have to just be so conscious. And that's what that's what I really want to get to by the end of this podcast was like, you are the creator and the way we do it is through consciously creating on purpose, putting our intention and our energy towards what we want and believing it as if we already have it. So for example, having a gratitude practice, you guys, do you have a practice for gratitude? Well, luckily for you guys, in the app, I have a gratitude meditation that you can do that will be like a really good morning gratitude practice. But also like every day, are you writing down, are you praying and saying thank you? Are you writing down the things you appreciate? Are you telling people what you appreciate? Are you telling people what's wrong? That's a big question. And I hope you guys really look at it. Are you constantly distracted? And are you willing to set up boundaries for those distractions? I noticed a couple days ago that I had, this is crazy, I had 27 phone calls in like a day. And I don't even know why. I just, I had a lot of phone calls at it. And I realized like I will constantly not be where I'm at if I'm constantly picking up the phone. I have to set a boundary here. And it's difficult for me because sometimes it seems more fun to go figure out what somebody wants to chit chat with me about, right? But I have to set that boundary. I have to practice presence by not being a victim to my circumstances. That means actively doing thought work all the time and not letting myself fall into the mentality like, poor me, poor me, poor me. I have to be careful about not seeking pleasure so much that I hold on to it and I grasp after it. I have to be careful by not avoiding pain so much that I run from anything that is unpleasant. That one looks like not procrastinating, right? Like we get just so tempted to to delay anything that's unpleasant. Just jump right in. Don't be scared of discomfort and don't hold on too much to pleasure. That really is such a secret to life. An integral part of Santosha is learning to let go. When we hold so tight to the things that we want, they gain too much power over us. There's a quote by Buddha, let go or be dragged. It's one of my favorites because when we grip on so tight to these pleasures, to these things that we want, to the things of the world that we want, they get too much power and then we can't have them. Think of it like this. If somebody's running after you, if someone's chasing you, what do you do? Someone's chasing you, you run. So if you really want something, stop chasing it and just be grateful for what you have. That's magnetic energy and that stuff that you want will just start coming to you. One of my all-time favorite quotes, things you want lightly come easily. Loosen the grip, enjoy the ride, be here for all the ups and downs and enjoy the process of where you're going and just open up to having and you guys watch the freaking miracles that will happen in your life. Ugh, I love Santosha. I hope this podcast was helpful for you. I hope that you got the essence of this one because this one is just, ugh, this one is so important. 
You guys, the app is coming. Keep your eyes peeled. If you liked this and you're like, freaking Santosha, I need more of this, come join us on the app. There is going to be some really good stuff on this topic, and I'm really excited to have you guys there. If you like this podcast, go share it, you guys. Thanks so much for being here. I love you all. Talk to you next time.